A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D. Catch me on Twitter at Dead Pole Hitter. Catch me hosting the Lawrence Angle Podcast as well. A lot of things happening. The Patreon is going to be live by the time you get this episode. Friday, March 10th. Let's do it. Go to Patreon.com. Put in Pole Hitter in the search. You'll find it. I'll have the link in t- on Twitter in the show notes. However you need to contact me, I'll get you the link through email, pullhitterpodcast at gmail.com. Let's do it. Got so much stuff preloaded there for you ready Podcast, charts, underdog ranks. I mean, let's do it. Anyway, it's a nice episode with Ryan Roof. We'll get into NL Central breakdown of all teams. Catch Ryan at Ryan Roof, R-U-F-E on the Twitter machine and doing work for rotowire.com. Enjoy the, enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable resources and tools to grind your way to ultimate fantasy baseball success. I'm Rob D., the Dead Pull Hitter. Find me on Twitter, always at Dead Pull Hitter. My friend and co-host today, Mr. Ryan Roof. You can find him on Twitter, at Ryan Roof. That's R-U-F-E. We're about to get into the NL Central breakdown. Ryan, what's up, brother? What's up? I'm excited to do this. Feels like we it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm sorry. I've been memories. like super busy, a lot of stuff going on. My wife went to Paris. I'm alone with four dogs and it's just been one thing on top of the other, but we're we're hammering it in. We got the NL Central, the NL West. Um the Patreon is coming out tomorrow. Woohoo! Super happy. Ex- yeah, woo baby. Super excited about that. I uh get a whole little, you know, whole little intro Today on Twitter with some snapshots of uh, what to expect. And I would just tell you, hey, I even entered in my best ball rankings. Like, just, you know, throw it in there, too. Like, I ain't even, I ain't even advertised that yet, but I'm going to have to add oh, yeah. that into the tweet. But, yeah, I'm just trying to catch these spring training games. And, you know, it's funny. We're going to do the NL Central. And two of the teams that are always on TV are the Pirates and the Cubs. You know, like, there's so many. <laughs> Perfect. There's so many broadcasts that are not available. And it's like. What the fuck? The same I, thing I with like not, I haven't caught many spring spring games at all. So it's it's tough because I just, you know, I'm working yeah. throughout the day. I'm trying to like, you know, keep keep up with just news. And so it's hard for me to even watch the games. But um yeah, that's good that uh some of the teams we'll be talking about are the ones that are on most frequently. <laughs> I just find myself so. too going to like all the games that are available to watch. And if I just want to watch uh, Justin Steele, 
you know, mm-hmm. I'll I'll throw on his start and and just watch his two innings and just see, you know, what's I'm not I'm not a scout, I'm not a baseball professional uh, you know, you know, viewer uh in terms of knowing what this what I'm looking at. I'm not uh I'm not expecting anyone to take the take that advice and say, Oh, uh, you know, Rob said that it, it looks good. Just for me, I just want to see it personally if it's available. But there just hasn't been a lot of broadcast available and it's just like oh god and even even mlb app right and mlb.com i just want it to be like a one-stop shop i don't want to use like yahoo box scores or anything else and it's like you go there and you see the pitchers in two and a third innings and it doesn't even have pitchers how many pitchers how many balls and strikes there used to be a fucking standard like what is happening that's so easy like now now the people that are um they're, I think they're called stringers, like the people who are in charge of just watching the game and noting the pitches and where they were, like, and it goes back to the analytical team. Like, just count balls and strikes, too. Not yeah. hard. Not hard. And and not all the spring stadiums have the, the stat cast stuff either, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So I guess so- that's why they can't tell if their balls are strike. You can't just sit there and log it. Oh, right. strike. Oh, my God. You know, it used to be my favorite thing to do when I was young to scorekeep my brother's softball games. And, oh, God. Anyway, that rant is over. But, uh, um, Rob's rants. I yeah, always got to start yeah, with the Rob's rants. Yeah, yeah I got to start with the Rob's rants. But I um, had a rant the other day that I posted was, um, I don't know, it was kind of, it was kind of dumb, but it was when you go through a drive through and you order one thing and you say, I'd, I'd like a large coffee. That's it. And then they say, is that all? Well, I just told you that was it. Like, were you listening? Like, I think they're just like so in the habit of saying, "Is that it?" That right. they just they just do it. I think That's it's just it a is. habitual thing. They're they're on that microphone like all day, and that they just because I used to do that job, and 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 I could definitely see that. But just I think know, in general, just a, I just think in general, people when I find people when I'm talking to them. Um, they're just waiting to talk instead of listening. It's just a more. It's it's like a growing thing. More and more people do that. Um, that's why I, I'm. It's one of my pet peeves. That's why when I do the podcast, I just let people talk because yeah. I. It really drives me nuts when I'm around friends or family members and someone's talking and so and I'm like, dude, shut up. Wait for this person <laughs> to talk. Process their thoughts, you know, and then respond, you know. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get in NL, NL Central. Who are we starting with? We're gonna start with the Cardinals because this guy is just blown up this Which spring. Guy? Which guy? This guy. You know who it is. You guys talked about him on the Launch Angle Pod yesterday, um, March eighth. For those who haven't, if you guys listen to this later, March eighth, Launch Angle. Um, Cardinals. Jordan Walker through nine spring games, he's hitting four twenty nine, three doubles, three homers, seven RBIs. And his ADP has just skyrocketed over the last um, since really the calendar flipped to March. Um, so online championship in February uh, was his ADP was 186 with a min of 136. And in March, it has gone up about 50 spots to 136 with a min of one, uh, sorry, 85. And then in draft champions, it's, uh, it's actually a little bit later than that, which is kind of odd. Um, February ADP for draft champions was 226 with a minute of 162 
And then March, it's gone up um, about 65 spots, uh, ADP 160 with a min of 127. So uh, definitely on the rise, Jordan Walker, he's getting that, you know, everybody's been saying he's getting that, that J-Rod helium from last year. Not sure he'll get up to that round, you know, four or five, whatever J-Rod got to last year. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Walker and, um, you know, I won't uh, go into too much of what you guys covered on the launch angle yesterday, but um, you had indicated you think he'll rise to the Gunnar Henderson range by the end of this month. Yeah, I do think so. Uh, um, I think he's going to go into that 70, 60 range, perhaps, because this is what happens. Just get helium. There's someone in the room who loves a player and it like they want to be that guy. They want to be that owner who said, yeah, that's right. I got fucking Jordan Walker. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. It's a good thing to chase. It's a good, like, it's a good thing to want to tout. Right. Um, I'd rather be on a guy in the 200 and say, yeah, I was, or, or 400. Like, yeah, I was on this guy. You know, I don't need to get the Jordan Walker types. Um, so you were I, on, you wanted the Jordan Walker when he was going <laughs> to 26. I have, yeah. I have two shares of Jordan Walker and, both at the time, you know, I, you know, when I do a slow draft, I like to look back like two, two weeks, three weeks, if there's not enough sample, like 10 leagues or such. And the two times I got Jordan Walker was 343 and 356. Jeez. And both times, Ooh. both times at the draft, when I did the draft, he, you know, it was, it was straight up one of those, oh, okay, this is his max in the last three weeks. This is where I want him. Right. So that's the, that's kind of the area that, you know, when he was going, I was like all over it. Um, I think what, you know, not again, not to rehash 100% of what Rob and Jeff were talking about, but they were talking about the swinging strike rate. They were talking about the K percentage um, in the minors. And it's 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 not great, you know, 16.4% swinging strike rate. And that makes the K rate of 21.6 look off and it is off because usually the swing and strike rate that high leads to a higher K rate. But if you look at the, the the limited data so far on the stack cast side from spring training, right? So everything that was registered with with stack cast, he's got 20 plate appearances, a homer, 25% K percentage, 62.5% contact, and a minus point minus 0 0.6 launch angle. So we obviously know he did some other good things besides the stack cast games, but there's a snapshot of what it could be. Um, his projected WRC plus across all the projection systems, the highest is ATC with a 103. Everyone else is below 100. Um, last year, if I'm not mistaken, Julio Rodriguez was in the 110s for a couple of projection systems. So you see the difference there. Right. And the Cardinals are stacked, right? Yeah. They're projecting, if you're picking him this high, you're projecting him to continuously to outplay, you know, everybody else in the team. Gorman, Yepes, Donovan, um, Newt Bar, Carlson, yeah. O'Neal, Alec Burleson, who's a monster hitter too. There's a lot of players. I just feel like for the cost, it's just really, really tough. And, so in my aggregator, I bumped him up to 500 plate appearances just to see where he would come out to, right? And I think the home runs might be kind of low um, in in projection 
systems. I think that's where they might be off. It's just on the general power. But I guess having a swinging strike rate like that, that that's what leads it to it. But if I, I bump him up to 500 plate appearances and it brings him to like a combined rank of 200 for me. So, you know, and I think that's his max. I think that's his max plate appearance this year. Again, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's um showing, you know, about 16 home runs in those 500 plate appearances. So if you think he's going to outpace that, which I think he might, um, but once it moves up to 60 or 70, um, um, I can't, can't do it. So no Albert Pujols in year one for Mr. <laughs> Jordan Walker. So, uh, so I had some would you rather's. It sounds like you'd, you'd take Gunner, Tyler Neal, Yelich, Nick Castellanos all over Jordan Walker then. Oh yeah. Maybe not Nick Castellanos. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Nick, Nick Castellanos is a little polarizing to me because I don't think he'll be as bad, but I don't think he returns to that super, super career year he had. Um, and I just think that, but I still think the playing time is a lock for him. So yeah, I, I probably take Nick Castellanos as well. And this is nothing against Jordan Walker. This is just playing the probabilities, right? This is something that Rob Silver talks so well about when we do the launch angle pod is probabilistic thinking, you know, and, and it's just in, in like most times, if you run a simulated situation, he probably is not a great play, you know, if he's going to go out high and maybe he doesn't end up being that high. But even like one, I did a DC Express on Saturday night, and John Fish took him at one fifty three. Like, and that's aggressive, you know. But he he was on it. He you have a couple of high noons, and it's it. You that's it. You just get you get aggressive. But no, nah, I respect John. He's a good player, a hundred percent. High noons um, gets to be a little sexy with Jordan Walker. Yeah, that's what you do. I mean, that's I mean, that's what I I do bad in my home league every year because of that. Eh. It was like, I'll never forget it. The first years, like that IPAs and microbrew beers start getting big, right? And I was like mm -hmm. all over, like all these random beers. And people are like, what the fuck are you drinking? What is that? And like, they have it. Like, oh, my God, I had a half a glass and I'm buzzed. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's a great <laughs> feeling. And then all of a sudden you draft Cocoa Crisp for fucking $17. And even my brother looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Don't drink and draft. <laughs> no, don't drink and draft. I mean, oh, have one funny. if you want to take like an edge off, you know. But don't, don't, don't keep going down because then, you know, all of a sudden your sheet just like goes to shit, you know. Oh, that's funny. Why do you yeah. think is why do you think is online championship ADP is higher than is DC ADP? I just I mean, think it's it's not like a super drastic, but it's like twenty what is it twenty five ish picks. Earlier. I just think it's the fab aspect of you know if he's not the guy you think he is and he's bad or loses playing time or gets sent back to the minors, which he can right. I don't think he's even on the forty man yet, right? right? So yeah, I think that's just I think that's just the fab aspect. There's some players who I think have a difference because of maybe a multi eligibility, but for him, I just think it's the fab aspect of if he stinks or not great, you can drop him. And in DCs, you know, if he's your starting third baseman at 180, you know, you better, you know, you better get some depth just in case it doesn't work out. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Brendan Donovan, ADP 281 in draft champions since March 1st. He's got three home runs this spring. You had a tweet recently that uh, you shared a quote from his manager, Ali Mar Marmol. 
about um, doing a little bit more damage pull side. Um, and, you know, Donovan's got the triple position eligibility, which is really nice, especially for draft champions. Uh, really great for OBP leagues. Got a 394 OBP last year with nearly as many walks as strikeouts. Um, but a lot of at-bats to go around in St. Louis. You mentioned some of the other bats. Um, really deep team. Um, so probably sits against left-handed pitching. Uh, he was doing that a little bit last year, not against every lefty, but, um, you know, in his range of the draft uh, for Donovan, there's still regulars like Austin Meadows, Jorge Soler going in that range, but there's also a lot of platoon bats that start going in that range, like John Birdie, Jake Fraley, um, that I think Donovan really kind of stands out from. Um, so I kind of like Donovan over, over those guys. Um, and really nice start to spring. Uh, like I said, he's got one of the, one of the spring leaders in home runs with three already. So what are your thoughts on, on Brendan, Brendan Donovan? Yeah, I think again, yeah, we going to keep bringing up the, the, the team. Um, but it's a big part of that when you're, you know, when you're drafting, you got to look at the whole context of the team itself. Um, I think the multi-eligibility is huge. Um, Seeing the change, and it's a legit change. You could see he's uh, more upright. And, you know, I love watching the games for that reason. You get that coach speak, you know, and sometimes you won't see these in an MLB.com blurb or athletic blurb. So, you know, what's funny is that the poll, like their hitting coach that really um, drove home the pull the ball in the air kind of mentality is now on the Mets. Um, you know, Sarah's talked about that on rates and barrels. So I think it's excellent to bring up because the Mets are bringing in right field a little bit and that's just the Met thing. But I don't think that whatever that was taught to these guys is just going away. Right. I think, I think they, I think teams are just going to hire like another guy who stresses that importance. And you see that the Cardinals last year just blew away the competition and pulled fly balls, you know? So I think it's an interesting thing that he can add to his profile, you know? Um, obviously, yes, like you said, in OVP leagues, he's really, really, really good. Um, the one thing that I kind of don't like about him is, you know, I really like that he doesn't reach. His O-swing is really solid, but the zone swing is like 12% below league average. So I guess that's just a pit, pitch selection thing, but I would just like to see him be a little more aggressive. Um, his His... Don't swing minus O O swing is a little below league average, but when you have like a ninety four percent zone contact, um, eighty seven percent contact, and a five percent swinging strike rate, but maybe that's part of what we're seeing, right? Maybe it's not even such a oh I need to pull it in the air, but maybe I just need to be more aggressive with some pitches, you know? Um, it could be something as simple as that. It's just having that power, but just being more aggressive. So I would like to see how that plays out in the season, like just to bring up a rolling graph and see if the zone swing or just the overall swing percentage is rising. Um, but I think this is a decent spot for him. I think the second, third outfield is huge. Um, the 281, like you said, it's around some regulars like Austin Meadows and Jorge Soler, which I would draft over him. Yeah, but same. if you're mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you're in a spot where you need some – 
coverage in multiple spots, it's it, it, it probably not a terrible place to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, three quick hits. Um, all three of these guys have two or more options remaining. And uh, Wanya Pez, one of them, ADP 317 since March 1st, Dylan Carlson 349, and Nolan Gorman at 364. Um, any interest in these guys? Um, yeah, I, I have, I have a little of interest in kind of all of them. Um, again, it's tough with the playing time to really determine who's going to poke through, but I think that, um, Nolan Gorman really can't for just kind of forget about him. Um, he struggled with balls high in his own, especially he, he worked to change that. And the first home run he hit this spring was off of a high fastball. So again, it might sound like dramatic for us. Like, oh, that's not just easy to do. But if he picks that up, it's a huge difference. You know, yeah. um, I like I like the spot in the draft for him at 364 because power up the middle is pretty, you know, not like not hard to get. But it's this late. It's, it's extremely hard to get. So um, if you maybe you have a first um your your first second baseman you know like is solid and you're gonna play all the time you just need a kind of like an upside guy i like to play you know um i think that we can't forget that he this time last year he was a really coveted coveted prospect and you know highly sought after in these drafts and sometimes danny Ogla. wow wow you're you're bringing it out you're bringing it out for sure um, Juan Yepes, man, uh, I watched the guy hit and he just seems like he could crush the ball. He goes the other way too. He poked, he poked a single like into the, into a hole. Like they kind of shifted the second baseman, not fully over, you know, can't do the full shift, but he was almost where as Mac he could be. And he drove it right in that hole. Um, he's yeah. sneaky. He's sneaky can be the probably the biggest benefactor from if Jordan Walker gets sent down or stays down until a certain time. Um, and that's his shot to run with it, right? And so I like Jepez. I mean, he he screams really, really great power source, you know? Um Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. I like I like uh Yepes and Gorman the most. Um Carlson we know played through the thumb injury last year. He said uh, there was a quote this spring he um, that he picked up some bad habits trying to protect his hand. Um, so hopefully he's kind of past that injury. He does have two homers, seven RBIs this spring already. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, just I, I will never forget like that, that rumor that <laughs> they didn't want to give him up in the Juan Soto trade. Who knows if that's ever true or not, but. I just think about that, and it's just like this guy did have some upside. I really liked this guy last year, so it's possible, you know, he could have come through uh, at, at pick three forty nine. Yeah one one last thing on Yepes, he had a one fourteen point four max EV, and the top five percentages of his balls in terms of EV were at one eleven. That's just a ton of power. Exit velocity on fly balls is there. I really like it for Carlson. I mean. This guy in in the majors um, has shown uh, already a one thirteen WRC plus season, right? Um, they're not just gonna forget about him. They're not just gonna shun him aside. 
He has a dead arm right now, which has him only DHing, which is interesting. But he's got the two homers, he's got seven ribbies, but he's also got seven Ks and no walk. So I don't know if he's pressing. Um, could the competition is real, right? I mean, competition. Yeah, this is, is a, a very thing. crowded team. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is where people make their marks. But again, um, in in twenty nineteen and double A and triple A, a WRC plus was one forty two, one sixty one. That's not a garbage player, you know. Um, yeah. I just picked him up in the slow draft I have right now, three ninety. I like that. Yeah. All day. I feel like one of these guys is just going to be so good for your team, you know, and it's, and it may be multiple, like they may just all be really good Um, between Yepes, Carlson, Gorman, and and even Donovan, like who knows, but. uh, I just feel like how, how, like how much different is um, Dylan Carlson from, let's say, I don't know, Anthony Rendon. I mean, are they that much different? Like with, all the injury that, you know, and don't happen. He's not going back at 30, 100, but if he, he goes to 50, 60, 15 and 60, that's like what Carlson is projected for. They have similar skill sets, you know? Yeah. A similar play. It's a player, or like Randall Gritchuk too, like another player going like 70 picks ahead of him. And I like Gritchuk, but um, I just say like, don't, don't, don't shun Carlson aside. Um, if you need the outfield depth in draft champions, Go for it. He's probably not my OC type target, but draft champion, I like it. Um, main yeah. event, perhaps. Main event, perhaps too, because um, you know, obviously, it gets spread thinner. But any OC pass because I'm streaming his spot anyway in the draft, and I just want someone who might just hit it, hit it out of the park, and I just think he'll just be average. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the Milwaukee Brewers. One of your favorites. Um, that you've talked about quite extensively this, this draft season, uh, triple multi-position eligibility, really nice. Um, Luis Urias, uh, second base short and third base. Um, does that multi-position eligibility carry as much weight in, in like a, an online championship as it does, uh, DC for you, or, or do you not, are you not like really prioritizing him in, in fab leagues? No, for, at least at for me. No, no, I like him. I like him in a fab league. I just think because in, um, especially online championships, I'm, I'm streaming starting pitching from my bench. At least that's my goal. Um, yeah. I like to draft mm-hmm. heavy, like a really solid pitching staff, but not even more at the top, but like depth wise, you know, like uh, I want like a good SP nine by my, pick 280 pick 300 like i i want to have a stable of guys that and then i can pick and choose my two star guys on the wire if they're available but i would rather churn out the bats and so carrying less bats and just streaming them in and out i think a multi-eligibility guy is 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 pretty crucial you know they they toyed a lot with his playing time last year with jake peterson doing the whole lefty righty thing and he got into a lot of games in general but some of them were just you know two innings of two at-bats or um, not not two innings, but like he comes in in the middle of the game after the position, after the um, pitching switch, um, you know, like he had 120 games last season with five, uh, with 472 plate appearances, but he's still the same player as the guy who in 2021 went 23 and five 
you know, with 77 runs and 75 ribbies. He's the same player. Kato Walk got better, actually. Um, actually, no, it's the same. Um, you know, the profile pretty much stayed the same, except now he's hitting more fly balls, which is great to see. Um, yeah, I don't really know why they're messing with his playing time too much. You know, he's a pull hitter, which is awesome. I think we know, like, I love pull hitters. And uh, if you're pulling the ball uh, with authority, it's going to lead to better outcomes if the ball stays super dead, right? Um, so, yeah, I love Luis Urias. I, I think that um, his, oh, his exit velocity on fly balls was the highest it was in his career at 93.6. Um, it was higher in 2018, but that was a pretty small sample. Um and also his his um it's a stat that Derek Hardy has on EV analytics. It's your exit velocity um percentage of balls that are hit hundred miles per hour in the air. And his is sitting at thirty percent, which is really good. Um so I like him. I, I think he's just super valuable to have second, third, and short coverage and you know, I I guess it's a narrative I'm playing in my head. He he's gonna play more than he did last year, but I see no reason why they wouldn't he has to play. Yeah, I agree. And when I was looking at him, I, I always thought of him as like this, this platoon player, right? Like, you know, against lefties, but looking at his splits, they're, they're not really that drastic. I mean, he does hit lefties better, but it's only hit some 19 points better, you know, since 2020 and OPS is relatively similar versus lefties and righties. So, um, so I was kind of surprised to see that when I dug into him a little bit further and, and I completely agree on the playing time. It's just where he hits in the order is where, you know, if, if he can hit near the top of the lineup ahead of some of those guys like Telez, um, you know, Adamas, that'd be awesome. But I don't know if he's, you know, a leadoff guy or more of, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh in the order. Early in spring training, um, I think, uh, well, let me bring it up real quick. I think I had this in my spring training note. So he had batted first, third, third, and second. And um, I think that's it so far. But that's a good sign because last year he only batted third, I think, um, no, second 18 times, and he never batted third. So that's good. You know, I think that's a good sign. Uh, Again, it's just... Do they yeah, I wonder his... if like if like Yelich, you know, probably leads off. If he gets hurt, maybe he's a candidate to kind of take take over that leadoff spot. Maybe Garrett Mitchell. I don't know because I know Mitchell's been leading off too. So, um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where he kind of slots in in the order. And um, yep. definitely a lot to like with his. Uh, I feel like there's another level here. I mean, he's still pretty young, 25 years old. Um, you know, maybe maybe a breakout. You know, he kind of broke out in 2021, but maybe there's that there's that extra level of breakout we haven't seen yet. Yeah, because 23 and five, you know, again, and they're like the per the per plate appearances is is pretty much on par with that season. You know, like uh, production on a plate appearance basis was pretty much the same. So, and 23 and five is is nothing to sneeze at if you get that hundred more plate appearances. You know, so um, I don't know, like that. Not too many guys in in that area of the draft, like two forty, that can do twenty three and five and play three positions. So I just think that um, 
did, did Cesar Hernandez just hit a home run? I don't know. Okay. That had been a mistake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The game is on on the side of me. The things that go, make you go. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to his, um, his teammate, another big riser. Uh, we mentioned him already. Garrett Mitchell, uh, ADP 269 in the six March DCs. That's about 30 spots earlier than he was going in February. Um, he actually fell to me at pick 382 in a draft and hold right before his, his big 202 homer game in spring. Um, so it was all over it there, obviously, but, but at 269, not sure if I'll be in there. Um, what are your thoughts? Cause it sounds like he's probably the, the favorite to win the center field job. Um, you know, projection systems don't really have much power for him. They're kind of all over the place in terms of stolen base potential. I think Rotowire um, is, is probably the highest on him in terms of steals. We have him for 29. Uh, he had eight steals in 28 games last year, but um, what are your thoughts on Mitchell? Cause he's, he's pretty interesting. He is pretty interesting. I, um, again, given, given, Given what the Brewers do in terms of, um, like the fringe player, you know, platoon, uh, I would I would probably stay away from him where he is. Um, one thing that I've been really kind of utilizing a lot in my analysis is Prospects Live has a very awesome tool called the Robo Scout tool. Um, it's available on their Patreon page, and it's really fun. It's just like um, a, a quick search and you can compare players to the level that that they played in and with the age that they were. So it just gives you a snapshot of everything, uh, walk percentage, K percentage, ISO, OPS, WRC+, everything, Woba, swing and strike, ground ball percentage. And I've really been finding that a lot of the, even if it's not an expectancy of the numbers and expectancy of, what this player might be in terms of is he an everyday major leaguer? When I bring up Garrett Mitchell, the closest comps are Brent Lillibridge, Zach Borenstein, Herman Irbarin, Dylan Thomas, Mike Gerber. Like I never heard of these guys. So you're so, saying he should be going higher than 269 ADP then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we have mm -hmm. last year in in Double A with a 60 percent ground ball percentage. I guess that's why the power is. A little off at a a twenty eight percent K rate, you know. Um, I don't know. I see the excitement, but ugh, I just and 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 also like he he was twenty twenty three years old, right? Playing at that level, so I don't know. They also have like really good outfielders, otherwise like prospects like Sal Frelick, um, you know, is is pretty damn good. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's just, it, it seems like with the Tyrone Taylor injury, like that's probably why he's shooting up there a little bit more. In addition to the hot spring, we know Tyrone Taylor is going to be out for the first month of the season, the elbow injury. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, like the triple a, I guess everyone's like, Oh wow. And triple a came up and, and he had a 85 plate appearances, nine steals, you know, and then he comes up in the major league, eight steals and in, in 68 plate appearances. But, you know, forty-one percent strikeout rate. <laughs> um, the swinger strike also pretty, you know, twelve percent, which probably means his K rate isn't that bad. But um, there's just a lot 
a lot to be desired here in terms of um so Mitchell price. is going right next to Jared Kalanick in ADP. Who who would you rather have? I, I I take Kalanick actually. I'll what go Kalanick there. What about Margot? Manny Margot? No, no, no. Margot over all of them. Lane Thomas? Mar yeah, hundred percent over all of them. Jorge Mateo. No. No. I I I I wouldn't draft him at all. I it you take Mitchell not... or Mateo. Oh man. It's tough because I actually think Mateo is going to gain some extra eligibility this season. I don't know where, but Garner Henderson, Ramon Urias, Adam Frazier, and a whole bunch of prospects coming up. I think Mateo either gets traded to be a shortstop elsewhere on a team that needs him. You know, maybe the Dodgers, maybe Dodgers, yep. <laughs> maybe yeah, I don't know. There's there's teams that could, you know, I think use him as a shortstop, but if not, I think maybe he gets some spot starts elsewhere. Like he used to play the outfield. He used to get them running the outfield. So for that reason, I'll probably still stick Mateo because I, I, I've seen a, a full slate of him and I kind of know what to expect. And just with the, I get that a platoon and the worries with the K rate and the ground ball percentage, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass on Garrett Mitchell. All right. Uh, what about Sal Frelick? ADP four fifty six since March first. Three levels last year. Hit three thirty one, four oh four OBP, eleven homers, twenty four steals. Any interest with in in Sal Frelick for outfield depth? Um, yes. Yes. There's there's a hundred percent interest here. Yeah. Um, a hat tip to um our good friend Ryan Venancio, who's been on Frelick all season, all off season long. Been telling me about him, and um. You know, it looks it looks good. You know, it looks really good. I like the overall. And again, I'll bring up the the um the Robo Scout hitter comp tool. So when I bring Dal Frelick up, I see Josh Bell, Alec Thomas, or Gregory Polanco, Andrew McCutcheon, Enrique Hernandez. So that's a that's major a league players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, again, not like the those are major league everyday players. So. It's just solid. He's got a great hit tool. He's like, I think, a better Stephen Kwan because I think he's got a little more pop. Um, he struck so out 7.4% of the time at AAA last year. Sick. 215 plate appearances. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And yeah, Kwan is a good, yeah. good because, yeah, because he's got the high contact rate too, like Kwan does. Yeah. In AAA, if you would have played out to 550 plate oh. appearances, you would have had 10 homers, 23 steals. And I think that's with that kind of plate. Discipline, uh, it's real solid. Again, the only thing that we're worried about, I think, with Frelick is the Brewers themselves, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and then I mentioned Taylor. Uh, one thing with Taylor, Tyrone Taylor, ADP 536, has fallen about 150 spots in March compared to February just because of the injury. One thing with him is he's out, he's out of options. So if he's when he's healthy, you know, you figure the opportunity will be there for him. Um, you know, they traded Hunter Renfro to the angels, but you know, some high upside guys in Mitchell and Frelick to compete with. There's Tyler Naquin in camp trying to earn a job, Brian Anderson playing in the corner outfield prop, you know, at some point. So I don't know, man, Taylor, it's, uh, I, I, I was intrigued earlier, obviously the injury, you know, kind of, Stifles that a little bit, but um, do you think there's potential buying opportunity here at ADP 536 since it's fallen so much, or are you just out? Yes, I think it's a buying opportunity here. Yeah. yeah. For a long draft champion season, I think that 
honestly, I I would put him at um uh it's tough because I haven't really fully you know knocked him enough playing time yet. Right now I still have him for about four hundred plate appearances in my aggregator. And um it still brings him at about a four hundred combined like um overall rank. So yes, I mean I I I still like the value. I think that at some point of the year he's gonna play. Um and he's gonna be pretty effective, you know. Um I I like him. Again, he he's another guy who pulled the ball really hard. Um and I think that I think minus the injury, he probably would have been, I think, the safest bet after Yellick to get playing time, you know? Um, in the outfield at least. Uh yeah, I'm looking at the depth charts on Fangraphs, and it looks like it's about, even with the injury, it looks like it's still maybe a shade under 400 plate appearances. Yeah, I'll take that. But it's about there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, just keep, just, just, just monitor the injury thing. I mean, if you're if you're drafting all the way up until the season starts, just monitor it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm probably comfortable with him um, all the way up until I pick 450. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to the Cubs. Say Suzuki, another um, player, outfielder, who's recently gotten injured, moderate left oblique strain, putting his opening day chances in jeopardy. ADP's fallen about, I don't know, 40 to 50 spots to about pick 148 uh, since March 1st. I know you got a discount on him in one of your recent drafts. I can't remember what pick it was, but I know, I think it was after pick 148, but... uh, any concern that Suzuki, you know, after his his injury last year and now now this that you know this could just be part of the package with him is just is just these injuries or are you still like really intrigued with them and and want to want to draft him? Would you take him even at one forty eight? Um, one forty eight in in a draft champion or um, yeah, DC. Hmm, one forty eight is. Interesting. So I would man. Other I outfielders wanna, in that range, I, uh, Hunter Renfro, Ian Happ. Yeah, I mean no, I'm Giancarlo gonna take, Stanton. I'm gonna take Ian Happ over him all day. Um Renfro, that's close. I really like Suzuki's skills, and I think we still don't really know the full grunt of it, right? Um yep. I don't know, from what I've been reading, it seems like they're not overly concerned, you know? Um, so I would probably still be into him at that pack, at that pick for draft champions, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, they said opening day is in jeopardy, but like he could just come back in a week after that or a right. day after you know right <laughs> who knows but uh, and like you mentioned like you know there definitely is some injury thing piling up with him um in the online yeah. championship i got him at pick 200 which i think in a fab right. league yeah. is 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 wonderful again it was a draft i did with ryan venancio and we actually said during the draft like it was like 120 130 140 150 he's falling he's falling you know so we're like and and that was like the day after and he's like, like these are kind of the days that when you hop in a draft and you're like oh shit you know, um, he's fallen. And then you have to ask yourself those questions. And we, we kind of said like at one, 
sixty one seventy will think about it, right? And then we took other guys there we you know, that we were targeting, like, oh it's just good guy, it's good guy. I can't believe this guy's still here. So then two hundred came around and we were like, Yep, this is the time, you know? And yeah, for sure. And a fab league too, a twelve team fab league, that's nothing. Like I dropped higher picks than that last year earlier, you know. So right. if it gets mm-hmm. to opening day and they're like, you know what, actually he's out until July, oh well. Just yeah, toss just, it, just him, toss yeah. him back into the pool and move on. And just uh, and just grind out that spot. Like he ended up being our outfielder four anyway. And then we backed him up with a couple of you know good, decent options in Loriano and Lane Thomas. So so we don't need him to start the season. You know. Yeah. So, exactly. Before we get to a trio of starting pitchers on the Cubs, uh, I want to talk briefly about Brandon Hughes, ADP three nineteen. It's just a complete fade. I just don't <laughs> understand why he's going here. Um, Cubs added Bo- Brad Boxberger and Michael Fulmer in free agency. They have Cody Hoyer waiting in the wings. They have two really high upside guys in Jeremiah Estrada, Edbert Alzale. So, I mean, to me, he was like probably the worst one of these <laughs> pitchers. And he's like, they just don't get it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought like he's I thought his ADP was actually gonna like drop a little more than it than it has. I mean, it, I think it dropped a little bit, but I'm still really shocked at how high it is. I guess it's just a lot of people who draft and they pull up the saves from last year and they say, "Oh, look at Brandon Hughes," you know, yep. um, not looking at competition. I know it's probably not. It's probably hard to fathom that some people draft like that, but there is like in in a in a field of. 5,000 drafters, well, not all of them are different in draft champions, but you're going to get a lot of those. So I think that's what keeps the ADP there. Um, I, looked, I looked compared to fair. He's gone up since February. <laughs> he's gone so up. He's gone up. I mean, it's only a few picks, but he's gone up. So this this could just be like, this is where he is in the in the draft room, you know, where he's and people are desperate for a closer and then they see the eight saves or whatever he had and they're like, all right, but yeah, you, not you saying know, he won't get saved. I'm sure he will, but I just definitely right. no, no. That's the yeah. thing. Like, I think I actually have him on a gladiator that I took in the last round. If anyone that who's listening, that gladiator was a quick format that the NFPC introduced, and it's just it's a roto style like best ball, but there's no optimal lineup. There's no bench, so you just your team is your team, so you don't have to guess on when they're gonna get saves or and put them in. So he was like my last round pick on a team that I kind of just went a little bit lighter with um, save specs, you know, like um, up top. So um, just figure like, oh, if he gets 10 in in my lineup at some point of the season, it won't hurt me. But there, he, that's another thing. You have to guess it, right? You have yeah, to, you guess have the to right time week. the saves. You yeah. have to time the right saves. And they have a slew of guys there. I think you mentioned pretty much all of them. But, you know, so Lance Brozdowski, who I had on my podcast, who covers the Cubs for Marquee Sports, he just had a tweet on March 8th talking about Michael Fulmer, and he said the interesting byproduct of Michael Fulmer adding a sweeper is that his slider he threw 64% of the time in 2022 has changed. And he actually um, threw up a visualization about how it's just a tighter slider and that the sweeper is just going to act more to it to help like both pitches be really effective. Um, and he, 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 he threw out a, um, he threw out a prediction that he thinks he'll be the saves leader for the Cubs this season. So, um, I really trust Lance's, um, 
analytics. He's as sharp as they come in terms of understanding pitch stuff and pitch movement and why pitch. It's not only what pitch, what the pitch is doing and why it makes it effective, but why the pitcher is doing it. Right. Um, He's doing it because it's making this pitch better. or He's making this pitch more effective or it's going to be good to lefties and righties. So I trust that assessment and I actually, yeah, I think Fulmer is going to be a decent guy. And, like, I think a lot of people um, probably spec on, like, Brad Boxberger thinking, oh, or, or, or like, Wick saying, okay, once the Cubs are, once the trading deadline comes, right, and they're out of it, they could just trade these guys, right? So, um, I don't know, like, what if they, what if they're in the hunt and they don't trade anybody, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. and they mm-hmm. want to keep this bullpen, so... Uh, I think it's a hard, a hard thing to, uh, to forecast. Yep, I agree. Um, definitely one of the messiest uh, closing situations in the league. But hopefully, someone like Fulmer can take it and run with it. Um, and we know, like the Cubs in particular, past two years they've signed someone to be their closer, like primary closer in the first half. Have traded him at the deadline and then kind of shifted to a committee the rest of the season. I mean, Fulmer's deal was a one-year deal i believe so it's very possible he could you know be the guy in the first half and if they're out of it they just do the same thing they've been doing so it's been kind of a trend for them but uh, let's move on to a trio starting pitchers uh all going in the same uh, range of adp jameson tyon at 244 marcus stroman 254 and justin Steele at 273 um my favorite of this trio is marcus stroman and Part of that is a little biased just because I just love watching him pitch. He pitches with so much enthusiasm. He's just definitely a competitor. Um, in line to start opening day, doesn't strike many guys out. Only 7.5 K per nine for his career, but uh, does generate a lot of ground balls. He's got Dan to be in Horner behind him up the middle. Um, and I just think with, you know, 180, 200 innings, he's pretty much a lock for Sub four ERA, good whip, 12, 13 wins. So he's my favorite of the three. Who's who's yours? I do like Stroman. I think he's a sneaky guy that, like, I think kind of him and Tyon, like, match with a perfect build, right? With a specific build. Sorry, not a perfect build. But if you have those, like, high up, like, high K guys up at the top, these kind of pitches at the end are great because they don't destroy you. Right? right. And they're not going to lift your K percentage, but they're um, they're they're just going to give you good, solid innings to perfectly complement uh, the whole types and up at the top. So um, I I'm really liking Tyon, too, because once again, I'll double down back to Lance, but he was really showing from day one in camp how he, he's throwing a new pitch or, or like tweaking the slider, making it different. Um and according to um, PitcherList, they, they have their PLV, their pitch level values that they rolled out this season. Um, Tyon, slider, curveball, and four-seamer all rank pretty well above average. Um, and he actually has, you know, one of those, like, Jeff Zimmerman rules for, like, you Darvish, where, you know, you throw too many pitches. Like, a time to get rid of some. He throws six pitches. He has six pitches that he threw over 200 times, and he, he can probably kind of ditch one of them, you know, in an effort to make his other pitchers better, you know? Uh, yep. But maybe, again, this is a, a part of pitching that's so tough because maybe they they do help in some aspects, right, in terms of the tunneling and shaping and all that stuff. So, uh, but I like Tyon. Um, 
he has a good so Nick Pollock um and pitcher list they have this quality pitch minus bad pitch um grouping and it's just a, it's a really really awesome um pitch level thing if you want to listen more about it like Nick really went in depth on his on on YouTube on PitchCon so you can go to pitcher list on YouTube and like click his presentations he gets really into it and he also did a great chat about it with Bubba on the bench with Bubba pod. So you can listen to that if you were like interested and you want to learn more about it, but his quality pitch minus bad pitch was really good too. So he's not like wasting pitches, you know, like he's making each pitch effective. So I like tie on here. I like Stroman too, but I think I like tie on a little more and steel man steel. I like too. He had a great second half. I think it's K minus walk was up there in the second half in terms of like, uh, you know, being next to some really good names like Framber Valdez and you Darvish, but um, it's just like, I know his slider too is like a really good pitch, but his four seamer isn't good. And I'm just worried about like, if that, if the slider can be something that keeps him above ground as, you know, the dominant pitch. So but, I just love when Ryan Venancio says, if your if your fastball sucks, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like you basically. Uh, right. Right. So he, and he's, have that I mean, etched in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great, you know. And and he th- he throws it a lot. So again, if he ups the slider usage, he threw the slider half as many times he threw his four steamer. So and like, how much can you improve one pitch usage wise? And, and so I guess that'll be the thing with him. I watched his start, his first start, and you see the second start. But the first start, he looked pretty good. I mean. He, the announcer said, like, there was no stat cast. The announcer said that he was on par with his season velo, but I don't know what that means. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but I'll probably be passing on steel here. But if you want, uh, you know, you just wait 30 picks and lock up Hayden Wisniewski to me. I mean, he's just, I love Wisniewski all day. Um, I've been starting to get a little more aggressive with him, too, in terms of where I draft him because I, I, I'm just, I look at Adrian Sampson getting shelled, you know, Kyle Hendricks is going to be back. Uh, I think a lot slower than we anticipated steel is some question mark too. So I think Wisniewski is the guy that's going to going back to the pitcher list. His slider was, uh, had a PLV of five, seven, four, and he also had PLA. So which basically is like an earned run estimator off of that pitch. Jeff Zimmerman does something um, close to that too. with the PERA where he just grades a pitch in terms of ERA. Um, and it's a it's a one point seven seven on the slide of the sinker, three point two six. Uh, again, just really good pitch. If you watch him too, he's a super gamer. So I like Wisniewski. I would, I'm bumping him up in all my drafts. Yeah, I'm glad so, to hear that because I have a lot of him too, <laughs> yeah, especially early yeah. on. He was like one of the guys I was like I'm so excited about. Uh, I think in our too early meatball draft, <laughs> he was one of the guys I took in that draft, but um. Yeah, let's move on to the Pirates. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, ADP 170 since March 1st. Uh, reportedly added 10 to 15 pounds of muscle to improve, or not muscle, just 10 to 15 pounds to improve his durability. But um, I just, just have a tough time clicking his name in the draft room. I just <laughs> look at his injuries, the sub 700 OPS in two straight years, and I just cannot do it. So have you taken them and... Uh, would you consider him? Uh, what what what's your what what's the thing that stops you? What's the 
it's just the you know heavy ground balls i just i don't know i'm not i just have not i just don't like them <laughs> <laughs> listen that's that's a total that's a totally acceptable answer you know like uh, i i i found that people sometimes often struggle with a reason to like or not like it's hard-hitting analysis on the pull hitter podcast from ryan no, Ruth, but, but that's that's listen i mean the main things for me is just the the sub seven six it went down last year too uh 659 ops last year 689 the year before single digit homers i mean obviously he's a is a you know plus in speed at a position where you don't normally get speed but yeah just look at the durability and the you know hopefully he can improve his durability with that that extra weight because he's you know definitely has missed some time over the past couple of years it's crazy it's like so his last year um the line he had last year in my end of season sgp ranks he was a hundred and 85th overall so and he had to get ADP was like um for, for the main last year or for DC so it was was 153 so I I mean he didn't hurt you that much you know yep. um I know he came out and said that he played hurt like from pretty early part of the year and that's a thing too with him right he's, he's gonna have that injury risk pretty much tagged with him the whole time but I think with the OPS, it's it it concerns me more when there's a risk for playing time loss. There's nobody, yeah, nobody fair. taking. There's there's there, there's nobody taking this. It's just no one's playing over him. Um, but what's Good wild point. is like even even in my SGP formula, um, his aggregated line of of ten homers and eighteen stolen bases with a two fifty five average still comes up well ahead of his ADP in terms of value. Um, and I just think that when you have young players like this who don't have to improve to give you value, <laughs> anything else is gravy, you know? Well, you so, don't think uh, like Chris Owings or Miguel Andujar are going to take over third base? <laughs> no, no. I'm more concerned maybe like with Dolfo Castro, but I just, you know, once your cell phone falls out of your pocket on the fucking field when you're running, <laughs> you're in the doghouse for probably a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ron Z. Contreras. Oh, I mean, I have, I have, hold on. I have Hayes. I was bringing this up. Um, yeah. Just, just so uh, he is my one, two, three, four. He's my eighth highest. No, he's my third highest roster player. Wow. I have him in seven leagues. So. If you're in your, you know, again, all these guys, I know everyone's listening. If you're in my drafts, if you want them, you're going to have to pay up. Uh oh. Pay up. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have one. Don't have I've one. done 23 drafts. I still don't have Brian Hayes. A five DCs and two gladiators. And the two gladiators, he went at two, 230 and 217. I don't know what everyone was thinking then. Like that was an easy smash. But yeah, yeah, see, I think it'd be a little bit more comfortable there. Yeah, yeah. 170, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe it's just uh, like some of the players around them. Maybe I'm just leaning elsewhere around that. I think I think that's where I'm getting pitching. Mm -hmm. Mostly okay. like the Rasmus and Jordan Montgomery right. Springs. I think that's where I'm I'm really kind of going heavy on pitching is where his, he's going. Maybe it's more so that, but um, combined with the fact that I just haven't been a big fan of him, so. 
But uh, um, next up, uh, Roncy Contreras, 320 ADP, um, 129 in the third innings between the majors and minors last year. K rate was just 21.1% in the major league level. Walk rate was a shade under 10%, gave up a lot of hard contact. Um, hard hit and barrel percentages were in the fourth percentile. And uh, projection systems have him rate around 150 innings, which is about, you know, five innings per start. Kind of limits his upside for wins. So does his team context. Obviously, Pirates aren't, aren't that great. So uh, him, his range of the draft at 320, we talked about Wesneski. I'd take Wesneski over Ronsi Contreras, you know, all day. Bailey Ober. Um, McCullers was one I would have taken over him before. Um, I'd even take some higher end relievers like Jason Adam, Daniel Hudson over him, but, um, yeah, it's just somebody that, you know, you think you, you hear about the, him in the prospect circles, like, and then you look at the production, the rookie year and wasn't superb, you know, not all rookies come out firing, but so I get that and there's definitely room for growth, but um, there's just other players in his range I'd rather take. Yeah, oh, man, I just can't like can't get around to it. I've watched him too, and he just he seems like going to be a solid pitcher. Um, the one thing with the fastball, he just throws forty nine percent of the time. It's usually Meatball City, you know. It's usually mm. he usually grooves it. So there is like a nice if you look at the if you look at the heat bin, there's a, there's a nice circle up at the top of of the zone. That he's hitting, like a decent amount of time, but not enough. I think when he leaves it in the zone, it's just um, then that kind of shows up in um, like Eno stuff plus and the command, the command on the fastball isn't you know, isn't really great. Um, also, um, he also had a big stuff plus drop from the start of the season to the end of the season. He was one of the biggest droppers. In terms of starting pitches, he went from 112 in May to 106.8 at the end of the season. Um, there is one thing, though, that he has going for him. And this is something that uh, it, it's not a metric to really, um, like, just to say, oh, this is the only thing that matters um, to look at a pitcher with. But um, if you look at Three two count, right? So, again, this is anyone, any pitcher who gets into a three two count, and then your K minus walk in those counts, right? So the league average is minus three and a half K minus walk. So, Rowan De Contreras is minus thirty eight. He is one of the most extreme guys wow. in one way or the other. So that means in three two counts, he has not performed anywhere near not only league average, but like some of the, he's like the worst at wow. it. Some of the best, like just to give the listeners some context, the, some of the best guys in history, like Chris sale um, and, and the Grom are, are like 10% plus 10% for their career. Right. And you'll have some outlier seasons where will go to 20, you know, and 15, it, it, again, this is not a true mark of a pitcher. It's just that it's a, a, a big luck factor. Um, Toby Batflip Crazy brought this up 
years ago when talking about Zach Plesak, he just couldn't explain like why the K percentage rose. And he landed on this. He talked about it on his podcast. He found it while he was doing the podcast and just looking for things and he found it. And then it ended up being like a pretty useful tool for a lot of players to use. Um, so if that gets anywhere back to, you know, a decent number, even minus 10, you know, he'll have some better, he'll have some better K rate. So at that average, um, you know, minus 3%, you know, the K rate at 27. So he, he, he had a K rate of 8.8% uh, in three, two counts. Um, so that's not hard to fix or to get luck with. So, um, Throw more damn strikes. <laughs> play, Throw play damn three, strikes. Yeah. 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 Three, two. Yep. Yep. So, um, but that's I'm worried about wow. the length. I'm worried about the length. And and so maybe that's one thing too that's how like hurting him with the length. He gets into a lot of three two count and he's just like not, you know, not getting through those players, you know, and not putting them down. But the the, the lengths in the games too are, are kind of um, like batters plates for game and innings pitch per 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 inning is um, I mean, pitches thrown per innings are kind of low for him, so high for him. Yeah, because so. even if like you pick them up at the end of the year, like you know August, you know mid August, excuse me, mid August was, you know, kind of where he was back with the team, and you know the last his last four starts, he didn't even go five innings. Um, only went five innings, you know, twice in September um one win so it's it's tough like from a win you know wins obviously tough to to predict but it's one of the categories and given the team and the you know and the the propensity for not going five innings often um just makes it tough for me propensity, so, nice nice usage i couldn't nice. come up with a word i was, nice I was struggling no i like it listen listen sometimes you just got Sometimes you gotta throw it. I don't out even there. know if that word makes sense with, the, with <laughs> what I just said. So, if you're listening and you're like, "What the fuck?" Just, I can't just, spell and and let's and just bypass. Have, and you might have some, you know, application. No, I think that was right. I think you applied it right. All right, All right, All right let's move on. All right, Andrew McCutcheon, three fifty-seven ADP. Um, he's one of my highest roster hitters for the second year in a row. I just can't quit this guy. It's so funny because like last year, you know, we think of we think of McCutcheon as really strong against left-handers, left-handed pitching, and his production kind of fell off against lefties last year. Um, so I don't know. I guess I should have been paying more attention to that during draft season. I'm not I'm not expecting him to be like a stud, but he's a veteran. He's gonna play. He's you know he little pop, a little bit of speed. It's just what you need from a reserve outfielder in a DC, and especially when you know if he does hit lefties better this this year. I mean, easy pop him in on the weekend when he got he's got two lefties on the docket. So, um, anything to add on McCutcheon or you you off? No, I like him where he is. I hundred yeah. percent like like you said for outfield depth. Um. Really solid, you know. What's um, Steve uh, Weimer's famous saying? Boring is beautiful. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at his pull barrels and like his, his exit velo and distance on them are, are still solid. They didn't change much from 2021. Um, he didn't. 
in 2021, he had those 17 pulled barrels for 14 home runs for 82% um, home run to pull barrels. So the league average that year was 69. League average last year was 66, and he was right under it at 64%. So I think if he can just get into some more pulled barrels, I think it's going to be great. I just think right now what he's projected for in general, like um, I have five projection system aggregated for 504 plate appearances, um, which is not super a lot. Um, and he comes out well above his ADP. So I, I might I be a little low. I mean, 580 last year, 574 a year yeah. before. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so I'm, I'm totally into McCutcheon at that spot. Absolutely. It's, it's not like Pittsburgh's roster is even, you know, kind of close to Milwaukee's was last year. I mean, he still got the playing time last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he'll get some maintenance days here and there, but. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, so let's move on to the Reds' last team in our NL Central Division review. Um, Jonathan India, ADP 184. I I love this price on him. Uh, generally going after fellow second baseman Tyro Estrada at 168, Von Grissom at 168, and Brandon Lau at 169. I think I'd take India over all of them. Um, I just, yeah, I just I just really like him. And um, he was could be a little bit of bias because he was big for me, you know, the year he debuted. But um, you know, I dealt with some injury last year. But I think there's a lot to like here. Double digit um, homers, possibly double digit steals. I don't think he's like a huge burner or anything, but um, I think he could score a lot of runs uh, hitting the top of the Reds lineup. Absolutely. I mean, this is. He's a year removed from 631 plate appearances, 21 homers, 12 steals, and 98 runs. You know, that's insane. He had a hamstring 376 injury. OBP, too. Wow. Yeah. Hamstring injury on 415. Missed six, missed 50 days due to that. Then he had a right hand, left eye, foot injury. Um, You know, what's also good to see is he's worked with a spring coach in the offseason. He said he wants to get his, his running from, like, he wants to get in shape in, in terms of sprint speed. Um. He noted himself that his sprint speed was th- three miles per hour faster. I watched him move in spring training game. He looks, he looks good. He looks good. Um, this this could be possibly one of the biggest buying opportunities in the draft season right here. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I I really like him. Um, obviously a great ballpark, home ballpark that he hits in. Um, division isn't really like super intimidating. In terms of starting pitching other than maybe Milwaukee. So yeah, I really like uh like India a lot. Um and I think uh um I don't know what I was just gonna say, so I'll just I'll just move on. <laughs> Will Myers is next, uh 247. Um outfield. Does he have to do eligibility first base in outfield? I can't remember. Um something I, I should know that, but uh He's been playing some first base. Um, looks like he does. Yeah. First and outfielder. Um, yeah, he's been playing first and spring. Um, could be some auto coverage. Obviously a nice ballpark. 247. Um, well, it seems, seems like it could be all right there. Going around Brian De La Cruz, who we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, had that hot month at the end of the year. Not really sure otherwise. Um, going by Lourdes Gurriel. I mean, he's just... just Solid veteran, just got some speed, got some pop, good ballpark, should play a lot. What are your thoughts on Myers? 
I think if you're gonna like, there's so much of the, there's so much of that narrative. Oh, this is this year's Brendan Roger, uh, Brandon Drury, right? Like, well, first of all, he's been great before. Like Brandon Drury showed glimpses with the Mets and like briefly, like on a per plate, like on a small spurt, he showed that he could possibly be what he was last year, but he just never got to play in time. But Will Myers has been, you know, top pop prospect and he's had several years where he was a really good dollar player in Roto. But I think if you're drafting him for those reasons, I I, I think that it's wrong, you know, <laughs> because not like it doesn't just happen like that. It doesn't just like, oh, he's getting great American ballpark and he's gonna he's gonna shine. Um his ADP is not so much different from where it was last year. Um but I don't know. To me to me, it's like I really need to understand the opportunity that he's going to have throughout the season, right? So he, I think, you know, Votto is going to not start the season, it looks like. But Tristan Encarnacio and Strand is pushing himself to the forefront <laughs> to get, you know, on this team. And I think he does play first eventually. I think they're going to keep Steer at third. And I think Strand's going to play first. And I think Votto's going to be a DH. So Will Myers, I think. And I think they also mentioned that they want to get Tyler Stevenson from looks at first base too. So I think Votto's going to be mostly DH and sometimes first base. So Will Myers will have to play the outfield only. And I'm just concerned that his body is is, is going to, you know, hold up for a full season. Um, but, I mean. Yeah, I, that's a good point. Yeah. And yeah. It, He's, you know, it's a one-year deal, too, with the Reds. I mean, he could easily be on the move. And his playing time, even if he's playing every day for the Reds, he could, second half, it could kind of tail off in that regard if he gets moved. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, double-digit homers, double-digit steals uh, on his uh, resume. So, maybe he gets back to that if he can stay healthy. Maybe he doesn't, but. Um, it'll be interesting like, to see where he kind of fits in. Yeah, like the max EV is still good, like 109.4. It's definitely solid, but in the last three years, it's been 109 after spending five straight years at 112 and 113, you know. Um, the exit velocity on fly balls has gone from 94 to 92 to 91 and a half. Um, it's just slow signs of him not being as effective at the dish. You know, so again, I just think that if you're, if you just think that he's better than he has been the last two years, skills wise, you know, in 2020, he showed a lot in a small year, but, um, and again, that could have even been the start of the decline, but we just didn't see the end of the season. Right. So I just think that he's going to have to be healthy and he's going to have to show some form of prior years that I don't know if he still has. So, um, I think everyone's being aggressive on him, and I don't mind being the guy who's not taking him. So let's talk. Let's skip ahead to Christian Encarnacion Strand because um, he's he's somebody that was really not on my radar at all, uh, and possibly should have been. Uh, Riddlewire's fifty-second ranked prospect. He's he's getting the cover off the ball this spring, hitting six hundred. He's got three homers, leads all sp- hitters with ten RBIs this spring. He's only struck out once in twenty-one plate appearances. So, um, 
it just feels like he could be one of these guys like, you know, at ADP 562 since March 1st. Um, Will Benson, ADP 586 could be like it just feels like one of these guys or maybe even both of them could just be, you know, massive value. Um, you like Strand? Do you, you, you take him here? You take him earlier? Do you think he's going to get some helium since if he, especially if he keeps up this uh, Torrid spring, he's, he's got going. Yeah, I took him earlier in my, in both of my express drafts um, this weekend. Um, wow. And, and I don't even mind anticipating him not starting the season with the team. I just think that his bat is too good to keep down, you know? Um, yeah. Last year in the minors, 304 with 32 homers, 114 RBIs. So yeah, pretty solid. Pretty solid. solid. I mean, in 2021 too, it was only, you know, small sample too, but he was, was, was wonderful. You know, he's, had a WRC plus of, of of 175, 162, 168, 125 in the in the minors um at different level. Well, the last two were both a double A, but um Yeah, it hasn't just, played above double A yet. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why he'll maybe start uh in triple A gets him run, but he's crushing the ball and they need a guy for Vado or Yeah. I don't think they'll like I think they want to show that their return for Molly too was solid. And I think with him and Steer, it, it is. And I think that they'll be able to put them out. It's like a sneaky, sneaky, solid young team with Ellie Tyler Cruz, Noel V. Marte. They can start mm-hmm. to take that step to be like, you know, a little more exciting. And I think Will Benson is super sneaky too because he's a freak athlete and he's super fast. <laughs> and in this, in these, in this like environment where Steel's um, maybe like super more coveted um where he's going to uh, i i like taking a stab at both of these guys but for christian and encarnacion and strand i know i know it's like a small sample right but in the beginning of the year too he wasn't that high on prospects list he like he wasn't really super high he's like right. kind of risen like you know recently um a lot of lists have kind of bumped him up i think james has always kind of been on him though in in terms of his bat skills but um yeah yeah i i I think I picked him in round 33. Yeah, I was going to ask you what rounds. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's about, yeah, about a little, little ahead of ADP, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I was super aggressive. And again, like, not, like, everything in a draft champions can be setting up something else that you do, right? So a lot of these players that I think there's, like, there's a shift. Um, I think the boring is beautiful is awesome, and it, and, and it should be the majority of my team, but taking shots at players who might help you in the second half of the season is probably going to be like a little more of my thing going forward. It, it just makes sense. The league is getting younger. They're bringing up these guys at a faster pace and they're becoming more effective. You know, easily. not everybody. It's not a universal thing, but um, I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, if you take a look at Zips, like Zips has him for um, 553 paid appearances. If he got 553 with 27 jacks, right, and 255 average. I'll take that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh yeah. And you know, Zips Zips is the only projection system on Fangraph that doesn't use any kind of human input or human, you know, element. It's looking at comps from from previous years. You know, again, like age, uh, level, competition, um, and overall skills. So, um, and that's why I think it's a cool projection system to look at as a differentiator. It's just kind of just to kind of see a different 
you know, view on things. So um, I like Encarnacion strength. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one. I don't think he's on the forty man. Um, that was the one thing. So he's just, not, just right? a correct. Yeah, just a mm -hmm. probably a more likely he starts in AAA. Um, it's fine. Which is fine. Yeah, totally fine. That, that's allowed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's allowed. <laughs> that's allowed. Uh, doesn't mean they can't help your team at some point. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, so let's close this out with two outfielders. Um, post one fifty eighty p. Jake Fraley at two ninety five. T J Friedel three forty two. Um, I was kind of looking at him. Not really sure why Friedel goes fifty picks later than Fraley. It just seems like, you know, it's not a huge discrepancy in ADP, but it seems like he's just he's got just as much fantasy upside, maybe maybe even more. Um, got a better K rate, hard hit rate than Fraley's. Probably a little bit healthier um, than Fraley's. Um, do you like either of these guys? Do you think uh, one of them is is clearly superior over the other one, or do you think? Um, are you just kind of fading both? I I like Fraley. I think I've always been a Fraley guy. I think last year where he was going, I think in the 500s, he was a kind of a guy I was always targeting. You know, um, he does get the platoon, um, the platoon, um, you know, this, not discount, the uh, the opposite of a discount. <laughs> but um, he has, he has batted first, first, fourth, first and first this year. So it seems to me like Friedel is not going to get that leadoff spot. They're showing Fraley there more. Um, and he also played, he also started against two lefties, um, which is pretty interesting. I think that is trying interesting. To, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like I think there's certain things that are actionable in spring training lineup spot is, is cool. See, obviously you want to see if the full lineup is in right. And, but most of those games you know that he bat that he batted lead off it was half and half it was like half of the starters half of the backups or prospects um and the games he batted fourth was like the full lineup like the full regulars so either way right he's gonna bat in the top of the half of the lineup um and i just love what he does on a per plate appearance basis jake fraley so um yeah i i like fraley um Man, Fredo's like just the kind of guy I just I always look at and wonder, like, is this guy real? <laughs> you know, yeah. he just uh, <laughs> man, because like, you know, with you know, with Fraley, you could see like the uh, the K percentage, the walk percentage, it's all really solid, you know. Um, and the WRC plus with Fredo, it's just I don't know, he just feels like there's a lot to be desired, and I always feel like he's not very far from not playing. You know, um, just seems like a replaceable player. And I think his WRC plus shows that, you know, 101 and projected 103. Um, so I'm I'm more concerned about his playing time risk than Jake Fraley's. Jake Fraley obviously gets hurt. So that's, that's one thing. But I think Friedel can easily be um, pushed aside if he's just not cutting it. Do you um you know on the savant savant page they have the similar batters to X player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you take any stock into that at all, or like um, like I don't I don't know how they compare those. Um, but right. it's just interesting that that TJ one of TJ Friedel's is is Jose Ramirez. How you doing? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was like kind of surprised to see that. You know, Alex Chamberlain has something on his Tableau page called the. Uh, uh, 
a similarity score. And but he was able like he had inputs on it. So you can put like if you want to see contact percentage, speed, ground ball percentage and barrels, you could see similar players in like any categories that you want. You could filter it, you know, um, and I don't know if that's up and running yet for this season. Um, I know he hasn't updated the uh, pitch leaderboard from last year. It's still stuck on September 4th. Um, so I don't know. I, I, but like, you know, um, one thing that I will say though about Friedel is that over the course of the season, he, he started to chase a little more and then he stopped chasing, but the zone swing rose. So I do kind of like how he's kind of being more aggressive with his pitch um, but the zone contact also went down a little bit, and um, the swing and strike rate rose just a tad. So, um, again, it's it's nothing to be crazy at because he's still at eight percent. But I just think there's little things in Friedel's um profile that can knock him to maybe just being more of a speed play. Uh, yeah, and lose him and lose him PT. Yeah, it's possible. I, I look at too. Um kind of how these guys perform against different types of pitches. And um, mm-hmm. Friedel's pretty good against, like, breaking pitches. Um, Fraley isn't really bad against breaking pitches, but it's I was surprised to see how how well Friedel hit against um, breaking balls. Um, sample, again, is not that immense, but he did hit 310 last year, 762 slugging against breaking pitches, five homers, five of his eight homers. Um, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, who gets more run out of these two, obviously health is a, the big thing with Fraley, maybe Friedel gets kind of the opportunity if, if Fraley, Fraley goes down, Fraley Friedel, say that a hundred times fast, Fraley, I don't even know who I'm talking about anymore, because <laughs> they're so close, but, um, there could be some potential value here, it's, we'll see. Sweet, but it knocked this out, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Rob. Uh, it's good analysis as always. Um, we'll hit the NL West uh, before sometime before the season. Yep, and absolutely. We're gonna try big congrats to you thanks, on your man. launch, Patreon. I'm so excited for you. You're gonna kill it, and you're gonna get tons of subscribers. I know you have personally helped me become a better fantasy player. I can attest to it. I know it will be worth your, you know, your time and um, for those who are considering subscribing, I know it will be worth your money because Rob just makes you think about stuff you've never thought about thinking before. So uh, that didn't make sense, but yeah. <laughs> he, he, he definitely makes you think about stuff that you've never considered before. So yeah, I want to thank you for making me a better player and, and I'm so excited for you. You're doing gonna It's going to be really good. You're welcome, man. I think that's what it's all about. I think it's, you know, I've had, Plenty of people. Um, I, that's the thing, though. Like everyone makes me better in some way, you know. Like, yeah, we. I feel like we all do, you know. There's, I think there's stuff that you can take from, you know, what you say, and 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 I'll be like, oh wow, like that's interesting, you know. I, you you can't catch everything, right? And you can't yeah. analyze anything, um, everything. So, you should have an open mind. Either someone can t- like tell you something that will be mind blowing, like, oh wow, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. That's great. And someone can tell you something and you'd be like, Yeah, that is horrible. Right. 
And that's both teaching you something though, right? That's both right. making you better in a way because you're like kind of reinforcing those things like bad, like no, nah, that's a bad habit or that's that's a bad way to look at it. That's a bad analysis. And they all help me at least. And I just feel like we, and I think that's what the discord is going to be. That's what the community is going to be that I'm going to pull in. It's just pull in, <laughs> no pun, but um, um, you know, we're all just going to help each other. No one's going to be yep. a bag of shit. Team meatball, no. baby. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be in the Discord. We're going to be discussing things and just trying to make each other fucking cash and 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 win money, you know, because we do put in time into this, right? And we put in time into fantasy baseball, so why not? You know, that's one thing that Gecko always told me from the start, you know, like you're investing time into this, right? And why not try to be the best you can to win money? You know, I mean, you're not trying to spend five hours a week even if you're minimalist or an hour a week, like time is money, right? So you want to try to, and I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to just um, actionable tools. That's why it's actionable tools that are just going to really, you know, and again, it's, 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 it's a supplement to what's already out there. Right? I'm not trying to replace Roto wire. You know, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. You know, like, but I just feel like we can supplement from those from everything that every website has to offer, right? Yep. So, and we're just going to put that into a unique experience where I think I'm going to have a lot of things that aren't out there in the world. So, um, it's going to be really good, man. Yeah. Yep. I'm proud of you for, for doing it. And I think it's going to be really valuable for, for everyone who signs up. So, thanks, man. Sign you're up. Always, sign you're always up. so optimistic and you're always telling me good things. And I appreciate that in you because. I, I couldn't look at things in bad ways a lot and too often. And you always keep my perspective and to keep me like reflecting on, you know, where I started, where I am and also like what I'm doing. So I appreciate that so much. Yep. Yeah. Try to be an optimist. Try to be yeah. I mean, <laughs> little, little, you know, kind words go a long way sometimes yeah. for people. Amen so. to that, bro. Amen to that. We're going to end it right there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. Once again, this is Rob D, the Dead Poe Hitter, here with Ryan Roof. You catch him on Twitter at Ryan Roof. That's R-U-F-E. And catch him writing some closer articles and NFBC articles on rotowire.com. Appreciate everyone for tuning in and catch you next week.